eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back. Welcome in another episode of Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com, a CBS Sports podcast. My name is Mike Casazza. Once again, by myself here, it takes a real ugh, boy, village. It really takes a village to raise the young Anderson children. Coach Anderson, parts abroad today, birthday parties, baseball games. Had to miss out in the gold blue game at Mountaineer Field. The pity party for him follows this afternoon. As it stands, West Virginia against West Virginia. A walk-off field goal by Danny King, even though his team was leading. That propels the goal team to a 56-51 win. And that's a spring game when you think about it. A kicker kicking a walk-off field goal when his team has the lead. You try to cram in as many situations and as much benefit as you can, especially in those third and fourth quarters with the running clock and third and fourth and et cetera team guys getting in there on offense and defense. Did see some highlights in that, I don't want to say worthless, but maybe not worthwhile section of the game. Saw some Jimmy Bell, saw some Jaheim White, and again, saw the Danny King field goal there. Before that first half, meaningful football, scrimmage situations, you know, kind of lifelike. Kind of a practice on steroids. Performance enhancers, I guess. Familiar stuff when it came to plays and formations and some of the pre-snap stuff and even after the snaps when it came to Rising and falling moments for certain players, but a little faster, a little bit more urgency. Certainly some mistakes attached to everything you don't see in your first and second week practices of the spring. Had a couple hundred to maybe a couple hundred, more than a thousand people there. Weather kind of complied. But again, two quarters, probably about 45 plays, I would say, of good football. Keyed by Nico Marchio, Garrett Green for the offense and kind of your expected host of contributors on defense. Plenty to unpack that will spread out over time because we don't have football for a long, long block on the calendar now. We won't hit all the minutiae today, all the details, but we'll go into some stuff that's most important. And when I say we, of course, I mean I because I am here all alone. Moving on, though, not bitter. Trying to figure out ways to spin this. So it's not, wait a second, my earpiece is acting up. Wait a minute, we have a phone call. 
we have someone live on the line right now. Caller, what's your name? Hey, 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 Mike, Mike, this is this is this is Chris from down in in, in Mullins. Mullins with an S, like the offensive coordinator. You, you remember him? Vaguely, tried not to, but I do. Uh, well, well, you know what, Mike? That's what that's what that that is what that offense looked like today. It looked like Jeff Mullins is is was back for that offense today for West Virginia. What 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 do you say, Mike? I, I say I'm suspicious about your location on a map and what was in the Dr. Pepper earlier today. <laughs> we can work through this. You caught part of this game. Why? I, I caught a, a great deal of it, yes. And I I mean it's a spring game, but I don't know what else you can take of it. I have some thoughts for sure. I don't think it it's certainly not as stagnant as a Jeff Mullins offense, or maybe it was, but purposefully so. Mm-hmm. So where where were you in the in the uh podcast before I so rudely interrupted? Award winning intro crafted um mostly during the third and fourth quarters because it kind of got a little bit tedious there. Um we peaked probably at the the reverse pass from Preston Fox when Preston Fox makes the play in a spring game. You might be able just to zip it up at that point and go home. But also at that point, your leading passer and leading receivers were Preston Fox and Garrett Green. And Garrett Green also had a 40-yard touchdown pass, so he was technically the leading passer and receiver at one point. Um, And again, to have a walk-off field goal by a kicker who was kicking with the lead, very spring game. I enjoyed that. This had all the hallmarks of the spring game, including not a lot of hallmarks. But thought it was interesting. They got the trick play and the 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 shoot-the-moon stuff in early just to probably – Maybe shut people up, which evidently didn't do. And then just enough of of a couple of things and a couple of people, you know, a Cortez Bram, a Cole Taylor, Ja Faberis, we're calling him now. Um, just enough of different people on different sides of the ball to go, oh, okay, just to whet the appetite a little bit. But certainly n- nobody nobody backed away from the table stuffed today either. No, I, I don't think you can take, again, too much from a spring game. I did pick up. Um, you know, looking at the receivers, it's just like it is with all these scrimmages and all these practices when you're playing against yourself. Did the receivers look okay? I'm not going to say good. Certainly not going to say great. I thought, you know, looked okay with a few different guys. Or was the secondary not so great? Was the tackling not so great? Was Jaheim White good? Or again, was the defense not so good? And, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if my opinion has changed much about some of the other skill positions and the players there. I did think that at quarterback, maybe there's a clear answer. Like, I mean, it certainly looked like it today. And, you know, maybe maybe I feel that way because of what we had been hearing leading up to this game about what was happening at practices. But it certainly seems like that starting job is Garrett Green's to lose right now. Yeah, which, oh boy. So they they scrimmaged, what, about a week and a half ago with some Mac people there. And some of the Mac people reached out and kindly gave us thoughts. And and to be honest with you, Chris, I didn't think anything that was said to us by Mac people, members of the Mac, not Mac employees. That'd be pretty cool, though. But members of the Mac, I don't think anything they said was like, less candid or less, you know, rough around the edges sometimes than what Brown said. Brown's been pretty pointed with his criticism at times during the spring of and especially 
the quarterback position. And if you're talking about that, he's definitely going to have, I would say, teethier comments about Garrett Green than Nico Marchio. But what we had heard coming out of that practice was that it wasn't even close that day. And that kind of, it really kind of forged off the road we've been at before where he was the better of the quarterbacks and was beginning to really make a move, not separate himself like permanently, but there was a separation coming. And then I don't think that slowed down at all in the past 10 days. And to the point today, he was just much better, much more accurate, much more comfortable in the pocket. And then just seemed better with his feet and he can move around. The hard thing is that I think it it weighs in the quarterback's head in these scrimmages because the pocket rules are so different and the sack rules and the tackle rules are so different. I wonder if the behavior by a quarterback is different too. You can see that at times with Marchio, I thought, even though Green may be the more of the guy prone to leave the pocket. But if you if you were up close watching it, maybe you have a different eye for these things and you're looking at pre-snap stuff. And I, I just don't know what they're going to actually ask them to do in that environment that's going to distinguish themselves when it comes to details and minutia. But up close or far away, it just seemed like Green was the more productive and smarter, safer choice if you were to start your season tomorrow, which they don't. but I don't know how he's going to slow down or go in reverse, or for that matter, how, how Mark is going to make up what appears to be a healthy gap right now. Uh, staying on that side of the ball, Mike, I think the other, I guess you would say, standout um, was Jaheim White. Um, he showed a lot of the, a lot of the same attributes that I think I had people excited that the, the attributes that we saw at camps, uh, the attributes that we saw from him when he totaled over 5,000 yards as a high school running back. So <clears throat> it's, it's so far translating, I think, uh, again, in this environment. Um, but it raises the other question. What exactly can a fifth running back do with how many talent, you know, how, how many snaps can he get? There's only one ball. And I think even with two running backs in the backfield, five is going to be tough. Uh, DJ Oliver's coming too. Yeah. And he's he's too good not to get some type of look in practice. And I think his skills are such that you're going to find a way to get him married. I don't know. It's a great problem to have. It's a tough problem to have. Um, I don't think we'd be surprised if one of the four was not here in in, in 10 days or, or a month from now just because the numbers are such that it's going to be difficult to get in there. Even if you're one of the top three, it might not seem like it makes a lot of sense to go. Top four, maybe not to make a lot of sense to go, but you're going to be top four here probably the whole year, but maybe like three or four the whole year because the top two are probably going to be pretty good players and maybe get up to three, but it's going to be hard to stay there because the top four are good players. The The attrition there could be nothing. It could be something. It could be good for the room. It could be good for the players, but I think you probably have to take on a case-by-case. Case. Also on White, a, a real hodgepodge defense he was running against too. Um, to answer your questions earlier, Chris, tackling, I don't know how you can judge tackling in spring games. Um, coverage for sure. Um, just uh, I, I think that they're going to be maybe not as pleased with the Jacoby Spells, who was kind of involved in some pass plays that didn't go his way. Whereas Montre Miller did enough on some plays where maybe he didn't have the, it seemed like the on-the-ball awareness, but the ball hit him in the back or hit him in the helmet, which means he was in a good physical position. Uh, he can run and move with the receivers. That's good. And then, you know, uh, it seemed like in a, a one-on-one drill or one-on-one ball, uh, Malachi Ruffin made a nice play deep down the left side where maybe Cortez Bram could have done better as a receiver, but also Ruffin had an interception on a one-on-one drill in the back of the end zone against Preston Fox. So there are some good things there from the secondary. So coverage was better, and that's where they got beat a lot last year. But Chris, I'll tell you, I think they're going to play a lot of zone defense um, just by what I saw today and, and what the skill set of these guys are. And you think about last year, what were they saying? 
got to play more man-to-man. And what happened last year, they weren't very good man-to-man, but this year, maybe because their fundamentals are better when it comes to tackling and how they line up and, and play off the ball, off the snap, maybe they're more comfortable, more effective playing zone. But my takeaway today was that if they're going to be able to play how they want with the front, then they can probably get away with playing more zone. Whereas last year, just not great pass rusher because they were trying to help the defense. They had to behave differently up front. And maybe the package is just a little bit better this year where you can get by on zone and, and play in more sound, less risky football than you might man to man. Yeah, I didn't see much from that secondary. I didn't see much that made me feel good about where it was going. You know, it's going to be better than last year and where everything went wrong. It kind of, again, I'm I'm not trying to go full message board. I'm really not. And there's something else that I put on the message board, speaking of, that I want to bring up before we hop off here. Because um, I know you weren't able to hear it, but I, I was, given the way I was uh, consuming today's product. Mm. Um, the it, it makes me wonder what I saw in the secondary today. And then at the same exact time that, that this is happening, the spring game is happening, the final practices are happening, and you look over what's happening in the transfer portal, and there's a new offer for more cornerbacks, another cornerback, another cornerback, another safety, another safety. And I mean, I know that the plan has always been to add another DB or two. And they added one with the recent commitment of Beanie Bishop from Minnesota. But it seems they are all in on at least one more corner and at least one more safety, even with the additions that they've already made. Yeah, you know, that, that could, could very well have too many bodies, but that could very well be the reflection of just the numbers that they don't like that they may have right now. Or as we said before, maybe they know something that we don't know, and that could be it too. Um, let me, while you're here, Chris, go through my preview from our video preview on the site as a way to cap this off, and then we can get into the full scale review in our writing later on tomorrow. Three things, maybe a subsequent podcast, maybe when we, we watch the film, Chris, when we review this game and really get into it. What do you think? Probably not. Um, offensive preview for me based on three things. Uh, one, the offensive line salad. They they dealt with lemons and, and had to make lemonade out of it a little bit. And just different ingredients that had to make it work. And you saw different guys on the right side. I, I really like Brandon Yates in the middle today. It doesn't do dynamic stuff at center because that position doesn't really do it. But he really held his spot. And a lot of their stretch stuff or counter stuff, he made sure the middle didn't collapse on it. And that was good. But... Their offensive line, their top five or six, seems like it's pretty good. Um, I don't know if you took anything away from that today, but I think a a takeaway from them in the spring was that their offensive line was going to be good. They developed some depth. I don't, I don't know if they make a transfer portal priority out of the offensive line right now, and it's going to the coaches think that way too. Are you kind of on the same page there, more so today, or nothing really changed, but you still feel that way? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, I, I think they should feel good about offensive line. I wouldn't personally use a scholarship on offensive line right now. I did find it interesting that, when was it? Was that after, was that quote halftime when they were doing the pass rush drill one-on-one O-line versus D-line. And again, this was on the TV broadcast and they came up to ask Neil Brown about it. And it was after the two were the students that like did the one-on-one and Neil Brown was like, you know, Hey, did you see that, that guy, you know, he had good form, did this did that. Cause our offensive line certainly didn't do that. And just, you know, little, little, little jab there at his own offensive line, which again, it did look like the defensive line won those battles, but um, maybe he doesn't feel quite as good as the about the O line as as the rest of us do. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number two for me, impact players. Devin Carter looks like he can be their one. Cole Taylor is man, Chris, maybe the best pass catcher. Actually, how about this? He'll be the best pass catcher that Brown has had a tight end. I don't. I don't think that's bold, but maybe since like Wesco, which maybe that's not even that bold, but. That looks like a guy who's going to be something somewhere. Uh, you mentioned White. That was a big one. Um, did not see Jay Sean Polk. He has a muscle that he's dealing with. Kind of been an on-field, off-the-field thing for him this spring. But uh, I don't know if you call Cortez Bram an impact guy, but they were certainly looking for him and Jeremiah Aaron, who they got involved early to be better this year because it's their second season. But you know how map goes here, Chris. Year two is actually year one. So maybe they're impact players. But do you see a little bit of pep from either development from young guys who have to be better this year or from new players who are brought in to be an impact. It seems like they might've hit a couple times here. Yeah. The Devin Carter one looks great. Cole Taylor. I saw him make a couple really nice catches over the middle. Uh, one of them looked like a kind of a, a, either a skinny post or a seam that kind of faded a little bit, but either way, you know, a, a big play that one that has kind of eaten West Virginia defenses alive and, you know, maybe, maybe West Virginia can do it back to somebody because he made a nice grab on that. That was not an easy catch. And, and again, yeah, Devin Carter looks like he can uh, he can be that wide receiver one for, for the Mountaineers. Um, I, I, they gotta, they got to get at least one out of Cortez and Jeremiah Aaron to step up. One of those two has to kind of be that second number two guy or at least the number three guy or else, you know, West Virginia is going to be really relying on the transfer portal to add another receiver that can make an impact in the fall. And whoever they add obviously isn't going to have gotten in a lot of work this spring is going to have to rely on those summer workouts at fall camp. Good bar from running back there too. If, if white can be a slot receiver, which is something they said early on, we'll see. But if, if, you know, if Anderson, who didn't, I don't think he hardly ran any routes today, uh, Donaldson, if those guys can do it like they've done in the past, if Mathis and Johnson can do it like they've learned to do here, you might be able to steal some snaps and catches some productivity from your backfield, get more guys in the field, keep them happy, and not have to splurge, maybe figuratively, maybe literally, on the portal for a slot guy. Maybe you can do something like that, or maybe you don't have to hit a splash there. Maybe you get a guy who's a contributor, but you're going to get productivity from some of those running backs. 
Um, and to circle back on a point you made about White Chris that I, I jotted down and I did not answer it. He's hard to tackle, man. Like he, he's low to the ground. He darts around and he's looking for the next thing a lot. Like he doesn't mind going into a crowd, but he's trying to find a way out of it. You saw that his touchdown run. And if you saw the video that you took of him, what almost two years ago, him at camp, he's electric. I mean, it's, it's, that's obviously like drills, but those one-on-one drills and those camp settings, you can tell if someone has that twitch and wiggle and he certainly does. And can they find a way to get him touches? Is he that type of guy? I don't know, but. I don't know, a, lot, a lot of ways to get the people involved and, and make it more productive, which leads to my last point here. This offense is going to be fun. I have no idea how you could answer that today unless you bought the talent out there. Like, hey, Carter is going to be a guy who can do this, and Brandon's going to be a guy who can do this. And I liked what I saw when they tried to get Jeremiah Aaron involved, and Poke will help. Running back, running back, running back, RPO, option. Didn't see a lot of that today, but if you can invest in it, and trust you're going to be rewarded, you might think this would be a lot more fun. Trouble is, the setting is just dull to your senses because it's very vanilla, and I just don't know how you can answer that question emphatically today. You have to really trust it, and I'm not sure people are willing or ready to do that right now either. Yeah, that was was that the most runs in a spring game ever? Uh, top five, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> 45 <laughs> run plays. 45 run plays. It was a lot of run plays. Yeah, they're getting Colin um, five carries at the end of the game. No offense, Colin. Well, I would say I think yeah, a lot of it looked well, like you said, vanilla, 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 and you know you're watching it, and you're saying this is you know I, I think everybody has kind of prepared themselves and maybe you know also believes that it is the best option for West Virginia to find success is to have a more run centric offense. But today was not only run centric, but like you said, there wasn't a whole lot of RPO or anything, you know, any kind of trickeration, but that's by design. So I'm not sure what to take about, uh, you know, from the spring game with this. I was, I was joking, of course, with my Jeff Mullen offensive coordinator comments to kick off the uh, call in bit, but um, it, you're really just not going to know, I guess, until, until the season starts. Yep. And just for the, inventive nature of this they ran a bunch of two-point conversion plays and i think they were all the same and it was just a roll out to the right to cut the field in half and try to get a guy who's open running away from a defensive back that may be a play you run in a two-point situation the season but they're not going to burn their good two-point plays and they work on that stuff too they're not going to burn their two-point plays in a in a spring game i'm sure uh over to the defensive side of the ball this one won't take as long because my three goals things to watch during the spring game that we put in our video preview were kind of wrapped into one ball were they because again, who knows you're going to get out of the defense if we're working on things, it's not going to be exotic on the field for us, sure. And they were so adamant about being fundamentally renewed this spring that I mean, what are you going to look for? You know, who knows? So, just the nature of the game, but also their focus the, the entire spring made it, I think, difficult to have, for example, the offensive line, the impact players. Is this going to be fun to have a set like that for defense? So, I kind of lumped it into one are they bigger, are they faster, are they stronger? Size, whether it's weight or height up front was a concern for me having watched them early on and just seeing the heights and weights on the roster faster. Obviously they were not very fast last year, especially in the back end um, pursuit hurt them a lot over pursuit recovery, hurt them on some things. And they just had a hard time getting the spot first and also really mattering if, and when they got there and then stronger, I don't know if that was a weight room thing and like that, but stronger in the fact that their roster was stronger, their depth charge was stronger. If they had to go to a third string, anybody could they survive because unfortunately for them, they had to do that last year and couldn't do it. Could they have recruited, developed some players who, again, might not be first or second line guys, but could be someone who 
fills a hole if need be, who can play a couple downs a game, who can play a critical series late in the third quarter when a guy's getting a rest or when someone's injured, who knows? But bigger, faster, stronger. Um, bigger, just not yet. Faster, they're fast on defense, especially in the secondary. Stronger. Hmm. Jury's out on that one, I think, because some of those late series in the game were against guys who may be in that conversation about how to make this defense stronger. They're certainly not done. Defensive back, parentheses, S, close parentheses. Defensive line man, I think just one maybe, but also going to get Patorma Moba here too. He'll add to the mix. He'll be big and strong up front. So there's pieces on the way, but it does seem to you that at least the the seeds have been planted for them to be faster to get to the point where they're stronger um, and bigger. Again, that maybe when you see them in August, there'll be a better answer there. But I just wonder about them being light at nose up front in the linebacker spots. And then if, or how they can cure that in time. Don't know yet. Don't have an answer on that, but didn't necessarily have an answer that made me think that I was off the mark by highlighting that as something to watch coming into. No, they definitely look faster in the secondary. I did think there were a couple of times where, there seemed to be, and again, about half the game I caught radio, half the game I caught video. Um, the, uh, the play back for the, on the reverse from Fox back to green, it, I thought it was like almost PTSD with the secondary of guys looking at each other and putting their hands in the air like they were confused about who had that assignment. Now, some of that is the nature of the play in question there. That wasn't your standard, hey, that guy just ran a, a basic route and we got confused by it. That was uh, a trick play by its very design. So I don't want to get too concerned about that, but I'm a little, what's like a little gun shy here about this just because of the issues from last season where it always seems like the second and third levels, either the linebackers to the safeties or the corners to the safeties or whatever, we're looking at each other basically saying, hey, what, I got who? Who? You got what? what who's got where? And, and seems confused. And I think, again, like you said, maybe some of that is with the switch from or what should be, could be a switch from more man back to more zone so they could be more base, uh, basic and focus on the fundamentals. Um, so a little bit of that today that, that concerned me. But um, I really like also individually a couple of shout outs. Um, Day Hawkins looks like he could be somebody who could make a difference. And I think. We'll see if he ends up like starting because I think he's he's been lining up in the same spot as Bethernan, right, Eddie V? Yeah. Yeah. So I I mean maybe it's a situation where both of them are rotating in. They're both getting a lot of plays. They split it fifty fifty or sixty forty or whatever. One way or another, I think that Hawkins is going to be involved in this defense and could be a guy that makes a difference for better or for worse because I think they need him to make a difference to make sure that that front line is good. I'm going to pat myself in the back there, but only because you made it possible. Um, first practice saw him and was like, holy cow. Like in the second practice wrote about it, he gets up the line and he pursues plays and he, he, he might be the guy who's furthest from the action, but he's going to get there and do it. He chased the quarterback down from behind a couple of times today. Not, not got the sack, but like definitely made him know he was there coming from the other side of the play. And that is a talent there because um, that's something that Vesteranen does too. Those are two motor guys who don't stop. And if you can put them together for a ton of snaps in a game where they're just going to go, 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 they're going to make it hard. There's no drop off. And if you got to get a third or fourth guy in there, that person doesn't, doesn't have to play as long, but is going to have it easier because those two guys kind of left their signature 
on the guard of the tackle they're playing against there too. So that's that's an impact guy, I think, for sure. And and you pointed that one out. That's one of the few few people I saw who wasn't in like a profile spotlight position who just made his presence known by just doing what he's supposed to do. I, th- I think that could be a hit there too. We'll see. But what they've said about him was that he's quick. Um, he has like he has a knack for getting to the action. And he was there today a bunch. So uh, good observation. I'm guessing that was on TV and not on the radio though, right? Uh, yeah, it was mostly on the TV, yes. Good pictures on the radio? Probably not. Uh, yeah. Anything uh, else it, to talk about you there? Yeah, yeah. you want to talk about the radio. Again, this this was something that, again, since you weren't listening to the radio, you were there in person. Um, Ren Baker popped on on the radio when it, during one of the stints where I had to listen to the radio instead of watching. And he started talking about this upcoming season. And he got to talking about the schedule and made – it felt like I think it was like back-to-back comments about how tough the schedule was and then made a comment about how some of those toughest opponents – it was it was front-loaded, I believe, was the term he used. So made a comment about it being front-loaded. And it took me back to your and, I converse, your and I's conversation about the schedule. When the schedule came out, we did a rapid reaction podcast. And I made a comment of, oh, yeah, it is tough to start. It's going to be very front-loaded. And then there's that bye week right there. And it could end up in a situation where it's like one and four or whatever. And, and there's a bye week, or maybe it's one, it was one and four after the Houston game, whichever way it was. And that could be where a change was made. And you very sternly told me, no, that you did not think there would be a mid-season change. And I mean, I don't know if I'm reading too much into a what could have been just an innocuous comment, a throwaway line or whatever on like a, a, a fun little radio uh, hit from Ren Baker or if I mean, or if this was like a preemptive like, hey, it's going to be rough kind of, you know, laying the groundwork, so to speak, from Ren Baker there. What are your thoughts? hear more about what he said <laughs> that's very interesting listen uh i don't i don't want to i don't want to make this seem like it's a bad deal but like i don't know that west virginia wants jordan leslie or chad scott to be their next football coach and what i mean by that <laughs> is that if you make the change and that navigable second half of the season is navigable and you win some games you shouldn't are you pressured into keeping a guy that you don't intend to have anything more than as an interim coach? Maybe like, are you going to get Rodney Terry? That, that that may be a bad example because he's a good coach. I think I'm not saying that a person on the staff isn't a good coach, but like, I, I just think that's going to be a full scale cleaning. And, and one less reason to make an interim position is that you don't have to stick with that person. Like if things do go well and the team responds and all of a sudden like, man, I really want to go get this coordinator, this power five school. I really want to get this head coach, this group of five school. You can't do that. That's just one more reason, I think. Um, that's a point that's been raised to me recently, that you really have to be careful about things like that because you need to be definitive. And when you act, it's not because you're acting because you need or want time to act. You're acting because you're ready to make a decision, which means you have a short list and you're going to go from there. And you know, it's, it's a different situation, but they were pretty quick in their women's basketball search. And obviously they had an idea who they wanted because Rem Baker hired him before and surely has been following him. But I would imagine that pretty much in the day he got hired, he has a list assembled of people he's going to keep an eye on. And if and when the time comes, he'll go into it. And 
I, I just still don't think they're going to do anything in season unless it's a disaster, which sure. If that happens, don't get mad at me and get mad at the people who made the disaster. You know who else made a list of head coaches, Michael? We, this is a hot board joke for me. No, I did Cause I did. I, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Not going there. You think at like eleven o'clock one night that the hot board's gonna just pop up in a conversation on the board, like VIP board, like, hey, we're not doing anything. You guys want to see who's on the hot board? <laughs> like, wait a minute, Mike's I'm, a so, I'm just what still happened? laughing about the offensive offensive coordinator hot board where everybody was dogging us about it because we never updated it, and it ended up that like the answer was number one, and the other option was number two, and another guy that got interviewed was number three. Like, yeah, then. Didn't have to update anything. Like, oh, well. The other part is you could have been three for three. Wait, we kind of were, right? Yeah. That didn't really matter, I guess, huh? Well, um, in due time, I guess, hard to move the chess pieces any closer to uh, one side of the board based on today. But it does seem like whatever the missions were for the spring, they could have been very humble. They could have been very um, uh shy i guess depending on how ambitious you wanted them to be but it seems like they got their work done they feel better about it decisions that they wanted to make in the fall will probably wait till the fall namely quarterback but also probably some key starting spots that are up in the air and then of course the big deal starts now uh, guys visiting this weekend portal they'll jump in i would probably say tomorrow they'll start having conversations with players soon thereafter about who's staying or wants to go or anything like that but uh I don't know, probably um, the end of spring, but really just the next beginning here for the off season. I'll let you go here, Chris. Uh, Thanks for calling in. Anything else you need or want to contribute? Nah, that's it. And yeah, uh, your comment about the portal Tuesday, I think Monday, Tuesday, be the day. Obviously, schools have 48 hours to put the names in. And like you said, they'll probably have some pretty quick conversations with with a few guys and some guys that may want to enter the portal, we'll let them know uh, tomorrow. They may, they may publish it themselves like on social media that they're going to enter the portal. Um, and then they will officially show up in the portal Monday or Tuesday. So hope you don't have anything to do Monday or Tuesday, Mike. Who me? Never. Yeah. Well, no. Nah. Until then. I am Mike Casazza going to go write three things I think, three things I know, maybe even take in the second half of a baseball game, big series, TCU. Perhaps we'll wedge some of that into the coverage tomorrow. Uh, got a new baseball writer, Will Aldrich, back in the house, in the dugout, I guess, covering the team. Catch him, all the baseball coverage you want. We'll begin to unravel the spring game, what happened, what it means moving forward. Chris has his finger on the pulse of football, basketball, transfers, and recruiting. One-stop shop. So to continue my thought here, I'm still Mike Casazza. And I'm Chris Anderson. From Mullins. Until then. (laughs) Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 